Hello there. I am going to try something a little different, and it's going to be a walking podcast. And I'm not going to walk down the road as I've done in the past with the dog to double, um, you know, what do you call it, a multitask and dovetail. I'm going to walk around the land so that I can really talk about things and not leave anything out. So the first thing is I got my wetland reinstalled yesterday. Um, there were several grass plants growing in it, and so I wondered if maybe there was enough moisture, um, if the moisture level had risen enough to where it could support those plants. Um, it could be that those are just really hardy, you know, grasses. Um, I didn't seed the wetlands, so those would be blow-ins or volunteers, and they're super green, and so I went ahead and put all the, um, rush plants and then a bunch of the kind of, uh, for diversity, I got some Carex and um, some irises and I think a few other things. So those are all in. And then I went at the last minute, I was kind of thinking about it as I was doing it. And around the last minute uh, after I'd gotten all the plants in and everything before I watered, I, d- I went ahead and laid down a course of straw. And just to kind of add some cooling factors, some shading of the gravel itself, because it is so hot, the sun is so hot out here, and it can't really hurt, you know, I mean, it might be kind of gross at some point, but it's not really, who cares, that's not really the big deal (laughs) for me anyway. It's more about the function and the ecology, and that'll definitely add organic matter too. So I went ahead and did that, and then I was thinking, well, how do I hold this down? Because it'll just blow away, most likely. So then I went and used up most of the rest of the chicken wire that I brought out here (laughs) from California, which is kind of amazing to me. It was one of the best things I ever bought. (laughs) Um, I went ahead and anchored it all down with just a couple of lengths of the chicken wire. And I used landscape staples and then a few rocks to just hold that down. So that will also kind of keep anything from coming in and nosing around should they want to do that. So that's good. I'm going to water that a little bit later. I've kind of been learning that watering before noon is a good idea because the bed that I have, the very small bed that I have, that's very thriving with life. It's got all kinds of diverse stuff in it on the northwest corner of my shade structure, um, that tends to, the, the squashes there, there's two squash, I think they're spaghetti squash plants that I grew from one of the spaghetti squashes I had eaten. Uh, they wilt if I don't water before like noon and they will still wilt a little bit if I do water, but like they're, you know, they won't like die. <laughs> but, uh, so I'm, um, going to water in a bit here. It's only about 9am. I got up early, I got up at, at seven and I was able to work for probably about an hour and 45 minutes until I started getting a little bit warm and then just decided to kind of quit. Um, The next thing I'm in view of is unfortunately the sycamore looks like it's died too. So pretty much all the trees I've tried to plant on the east side are dead and I'm looking at the boxes and they're all actually in a row. So I'm wondering if there's some kind of bad juju, bad energy going in that line because I didn't plan that. I didn't think about that when I planted all these things. There's just this line though, this perfect line. Well, I mean it's organic line. But yeah, I'm beginning to wonder if there's something off about this part of the property. Um, Because the other two pines are doing well. You know, they haven't started to turn yellow. Um, So anyway, that was really sad to lose that pine. Um, So yeah, Uh, I've got to get the... The bathhouse is pretty much done, I think. The only thing we need to do is there's like one other little tiny thing that we need to do. And then... um, 
I think it's pretty much ready to go. So that means that I'm going to start, um, I need to start getting the uh, little camper uh, decorated. And I've got um, really awesome uh, fabrics and I ordered my linens. Those should be getting here at some point soon. Um, there's paint and all this stuff. So just a ton of things to start doing with that. And then I have theoretically this weekend, <laughs> I've got an A-frame coming and I've got a boat coming and I'm going to B and B those as well. But, um, the delivery has been like really up in the air. This guy who said he'd deliver it, he wants me to pay him and that's fine. But he's like not really responding to any of our texts, me and the seller. Um, and he's now he's got this girlfriend in town and he's kind of like hanging out with her and why yada yada. So he said this weekend, so hopefully he follows through and we actually get it to happen because if it doesn't happen um, at that point, I'm kind of just going to like stop trying to buy them because it's annoying, you know, when people don't just act professional and courteous. Um, but anyway, that's the plan. And then I'll be able to do stuff with those. I'm really hoping that it does go through because I'm really excited about that project. Um, okay, so just standing where I'm standing, I'm going to walk a little bit more. Um, why don't I go over to the orchard? So today what I did, this is the big kind of you know, get up and do work kind of push was to get cardboard down. And I put mycorrhizae containing uh, fertilizer, starter fertilizer down, and then put cardboard over that. And I was able to get a good amount of the orchard covered. It's not a, it's comparatively not a lot because the orchard's fairly large, but I was able to get quite a bit covered and that feels really good. Uh, I used up almost all my landscape staples, so I'm just going to buy more because um, I want to keep those down from the wind. And I also switched out my Bokashi and got the Bokashi liquid out and I got almost two full quarts of the liquid. And so I was, I watered that down and put those in the watering cans and just went all over everywhere. I went over the, the walnuts. Um, I did the, the two pines. I did the orchard. Uh, so the golden delicious apple, the can't remember what kind of pear it is. Um, the red bud, the two peaches and the pomegranate. I got all of those kind of doused a little bit. I tried to douse the little grasses that are coming up. I believe that those are actually not just volunteers. Those are actually like some of the ground covers that I put in, the only ones that made it. <laughs> um, and then I did all the yuccas. These are little pups that I'd gotten in Altadena and had in a, <laughs> in a, uh, paper bag for like months in the dark in a shoebox and they somehow were still viable and um, they're growing. So I got all those doused um, and then I got the century plants doused. There's one century plant towards the road that just doesn't have, it just, I, I don't know if it's going to make it. It still looks like it's alive, but I don't think it got enough of what it really needed, which was liquid at the right time. Um, the person who sold it to me for like two dollars she had kind of said oh don't water it it really doesn't like water like it's supposed to dry out before you plant it and I'm kind of thinking to myself that just seems like plant abuse but you know she acted like she knew what she was talking about so I just you know I didn't argue but I think that it's it's really struggling and um, that's kind of hard to watch so hopefully I can get it to kind of come back to life all the other ones are doing great they all look really healthy and there's a little blue butterfly floating around one of them actually. <laughs> How pretty. This is delightful. Uh, on that note, all these, a lot of the shrubs that are towards the road on the, uh, the west side where I've done just even just minimal uh, berm and swale, really just the road swale, road berm, and then one up I did like one large swale berm pretty recently and then I have another few small ones 
And it's amazing to me that the the shrubs here are all really greening up. It's really good to see because this is just this dry, desolate, just like a shorn, you know, it felt like this balding, desolate thing. And now it's coming back to life. The shrubs look green. And um, I wanted to comment on something spectacular that I saw today. And it is these uh, broken, um, like, stumps of the salt bush that just looked completely dead. And they are actually springing forth with bright green bushels of leaves. And it's absolutely beautiful to see. And so something I'm doing is working. There's another, there's three of them. There's one of them over here too, and right by the road. So these are going to really green up this corner and it's already, it's already happening just with this minimal amount of like berming and swaling to kind of hold the water in, instead of letting it run off the edge of the property. Um, and then this century plant that is struggling, um, it looks like it is potentially alive, but man, it's barely hanging on. So I've, I'm not really sure if there's a whole lot I can do, but, um, you know, and as there's so many other things to do, I'm not really, it's not my priority, but I did do, did do a swale, um, right up, up land of it. And I'm just kind of, you know, watering it as I go. And it looks like there's a little volunteer grass coming out of there. So that's a good sign. So yeah. Um, and then kind of walking up around to the West, one of the things that I'm really pleased with as well is that the area where I had gone out and done all that digging that first time in the rain, pulling the water off, basically pulling it back onto my land where it was shooting off of the land, where it was actually like, there was just, it was just basically the, one of the, the, um, wash rivulets was, was kind of heading off the property to the West. And I went out there one rainstorm when I saw it happening and I was able to kind of muck around <laughs> that day in the, in the lightning, which is probably not a good idea, but you know, you just pray, I guess. And I did some really rudimentary earthwork just to get it to go stay on my property and kind of flood a little bit. And what's so beautiful, I had to do a couple of repairs because it's really half-assed. Uh, but what's so beautiful is that the, all the shrubs that are in the vicinity of that, they're all greening up. And what I'd really like to do and what I'm still kind of frustrated by, a lot of the salt bush that's um, to the east of that, just to the, just to the east, it either looks dead or really, really dry. Like it's just not, it, I don't know. Um, it looks like there's a little bit of greening right on the edge where it's kind of got some of the water coming in. And then the last time, uh, before the last, we had kind of a minor rain, I think before I did this or after I did this, so not a big one. I did a few pit swales, but it's looking like these might actually be dead. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know why they would be dead. Cause everything out here just kind of is, has been dealing with the same conditions for a long time. So I'm hoping to figure out a way to kind of pull water that way in that direction. And it looks like there's a little bit of a rise in the elevation to that spot, which is probably why it looks so dry. But I am seeing a little bit of greening just at the very part where, you know, it's kind of next to the flooded area. So I'm going to really try to figure out how to get some, you know, basically it's just about getting out there and doing it and it's hard work, but getting some lateral swales pulled out from those flood zones into that space 
and uh, uh, I'm coming up along another cool little project that um, there was a I discovered one of the construction um, one of the uh, mesquite trees had, that had been destroyed during construction they had hacked it down into a nubbin and I didn't know it was even there um, but I was watering pot, potted plants in that vicinity and it ended up putting up a sprout so it wasn't dead at all and I was able to transplant it and it actually survived a good portion of it died but I just clipped that off and it's it got a good like few leaf, leaf uh leaves you know it, it's got a leaflet I'm not, I don't I can't remember what you call it where it's got each leaf is like made, basically made up a bunch of tiny leaflets so it's got three of those and um it's you know so it's living something had it looks like come along and pulled the wick out of the wick container onto the ground I don't know you know it's probably thirsty <laughs> but um <laughs> But I was able to discover that and put it back in. And the salt bush right in the vicinity of this, which is getting like a tiny little bit of water every once in a while, but I have it wicked. Uh, these are looking a little more green, but these are also kind of closest to where the pine was getting watered and then the flooding area was. Um, so I know that that water is actually seeping underground and really helping. So it's just a matter of getting out and doing the work. I don't need to walk up to the pond to show you or tell you that um, the there are the I think these are things I planted because they're all around the rim. They're in four spots around the edge of the interior of this check dam, and they look similar to the. I'm going to say it might be millet, uh, but one of the most likely one of the um, ground covers or cover crops that I sowed. That's probably what that is, but it's thriving and it doesn't need any irrigation. It's just thriving off of natural moisture or water retention capacity of the check dam itself. Interestingly, <laughs> just another proof of concept, I guess, um, the shrubs around the, basically in <laughs> and right next to the area where I've got my big pile of Amazon boxes that have just been sitting there, um, you know, waiting to be used, they are green. Um, so obviously cardboard is really good for holding moisture. The little, uh, garden bed that I did where I've got tomatoes and squash and, uh, looks like kale, cabbage. It's the most beautiful cabbage I've ever grown in my life. It's got the one corn plant that survived from my birthday that my friend Lori gave me. And, um, the poor thing, it kind of crusted the roof of the, of the shade structure I erected around it. And it bent it, so I made a splint. <laughs> but it's about three feet tall. And the onions and garlics. And it looks like there's a little volunteer sunflower coming up in there. That's awesome. So I'm going to have fresh tomatoes soon. And I'm so excited because organic tomatoes are a drive, an hour's drive away. So this is awesome. Um, the yarrow, the rosemary, thyme, and Asclepia speciosa which is the showy milkweed and the two vines um, in the southwest bed are doing really well. I've got a bunch of millet still. I'm guessing it's millet because one of the seed heads dried and it's um, kind of looks like it might be like one of the cover crops that I, that I planted. There is a squash volunteer or maybe I even stuck a squash in there and it's not getting enough water. So it's like wilting almost to death every day. And then, um, yeah, so these wicks are the old, the old wick, um, cord. And, and I don't think it really works. I do have to manually water. Um, unfortunately the pot with the 
cranberry that I'd brought with me from California, it the cranberry died. The All the strawberries in there died. So I think it was something wrong with the soil because everything else in this vicinity is doing fine. So it's really kind of sad, um, but I think that the pot, kind of like the soil was bad or, you know, over something. Um, my little blackberry plant on the south center is doing great. It's very tiny, but it's very healthy. And I think the wick is really working because there's a bunch of little, there's a bunch of grasses that are taking they're taking up a residence all around it and it's either it's grasses and it might be even it's, I think it's some of the cover crops I sowed or sprinkled around so it's just very good and then there was a toad I let my cat out for the I think first or second time for a brief time last night and um, they, he found a toad and he was all excited so uh, toad I was told um, is a sign of you know like ecology like that you're re-jumping jump, jump starting the ecology and it's a really good indicator so I'm like well, that makes sense right because frogs I don't know as much about toads as I do about frogs um, but my boyfriend's house does have frogs I have not seen a frog at my house yet but what I've noticed <laughs> it's so weird um, we're like not that far from each other it's like a 15 minute walk but um it like the rain will hit certain properties and not others and it's it's like just because it rains doesn't mean every property in this valley is getting rain so it's interesting um what else i think that's the main work that i've done um really the big deal is going to be getting the weirs fixed kind of finished uh we did get a good min uh, small shower the other day it wasn't enough to really fill any of the earthworks at all but i just from the last big rain we had i definitely i learned that i really need to get my weirs finished um i mean i knew that but <laughs> i like really saw it <laughs> so and uh, get some flooding up land here and slow that flow and hold that water so it's not overburdening the road berms. And then I do want to walk out in through these pit swales out in this sort of area to the north in the center of my property where it touches the road. The way that the lots are laid out, uh, the five acre parcels in this area, is they're narrowest at the road and they go long, deep back into the kind of interior. But uh, so about the north center of my property uh, along the road and up a while. Um, so I am noticing greening um, in areas where I did more rudimentary, so just some rudimentary earthwork. Definitely noticing some signs of life. And these weren't, these were not proper swales. These weren't the recommended, you know, 18 inches wide. Um, they probably are the four inches deep or so. Maybe not quite that deep, but yeah. And then I'm noticing some really dense and dark green growth around the proper swales that have been in place for a bit. Um, wow. Yeah, there's a little shrub to the directly downslope of the, of this one that's just like super vibrant, dense, like just totally deep green, really healthy looking. So um, yeah, but in these rudimentary ones, I am starting to notice. I haven't actually walked out here to really check that too much. Yeah, so they are doing something even though they're not finished. I want to come out here with a finishing tool that I bought from a contractor who was working for me. And it's like, it's, I think it's like a cement tool, but it works really well for smoothing out and making really pretty uh, swales. So yeah, I'm just kind of noticing as I'm walking here. Yeah, so areas where I've done any kind of depressions, it does look like it's affecting the 
plants in the direct vicinity. So that's really, really good to see, even with the little rain we've gotten. Somebody was saying we've only had about six inches so far this year. But they were also talking about how the, mo the majority of the rain is going to come actually in August. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely seeing signs. Okay, this is good. Okay, so the little bit of work that I did is working. Yeah, these are all starting to really be affected by just that tiny amount of effort. <laughs> Which, I mean, so I'm so excited about because you read about it in a book, you know? But to do it and see, oh, okay, this is viable. And especially in this environment where it's just so harsh and intense, to see that that little bit does make a difference, it encourages me to do more. So, yeah, there's a lot of plants in this vicinity that are just really, really on the verge of death, if not dead, um, because of that flow over land and the, hard, the hardened compaction of the... Uh, the soil here where it just wasn't able to get into the ground. It wasn't able to infiltrate. So as I get out and do more and more, the property will green up. And I'm already really, I'm showing, I'm seeing that that's what's going to happen. So this is working. It's like awesome to see. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's one of these swales I did. It's just a half-assed job. I did that during one of the rainstorms, and it's all the all four shrubs along it are greening. Wow! And then down from that, there's several that are there's like another four shrubs. So this is fantastic. And then there's this really nice deep green layer at the road, really dense growth. So, but I, you know, that's been like that because of the water. Um, one thing that I really want to do, and I need to do actually before the next rainstorm, is get in um, and reshape my road swale. Um, and uh, really add some some wheelbarrows of dirt to beef up that edge. Oh my god, I've got a baby mesquite tree volunteering in my road berm. Hell yeah! Okay, so I put some mesquite seeds in my road berm. I stuck them in a few months ago, and I know that has to be one of them. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Heck yeah. And that's right in the area where there was a lot of saturation, and, and that was where the break the pour, you know, where it was pouring over and into the road. So it really got very wet. Wow, that's great. So having a tree here is going to be really excellent. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Can you tell that this is my passion in life? <laughs> so I'm looking at the road berm just for other signs of the mesquites coming up and they haven't yet. So it doesn't look like this, you know, the rest of the berm is getting enough really you know, cons constant, cons uh, consistent moisture to really allow that. But um, I can, what I can do is put some along the interior, the, you know, in the soil itself. I think that would be a good way to go. One weird thing I noticed was that in the second pit, oh, there is a volunteer, or not a volunteer, probably one of the things I sprinkled there, but like one of the cover crops that's coming up. But one of the things I noticed in the wetland, in the second pit that I haven't filled yet, it does have some gravel in it, <clears throat> excuse me, is there is this volunteer ground cover plant. It's like a broadleaf ground cover. It's very beautiful, very lush looking, and it's growing in gravel with no irrigation. So I was going to actually uproot that, find a spot for it, and pray <laughs> that it'll let me transplant it. So, and then one of the things I learned was that this uh, big old shrub tree that's growing right at where the old outlet for my gully used to be, it has these yellow flowers that look a lot like acacia. It's actually supposedly a parasitic 
<laughs> another parasitic plant. Um, so, and then there's one growing across the road down the way where I could see that it's, it's dropped a seed and it flowed that way. And, and, you know, but it's really a beautiful plant, but it's good to know that it's parasitic. So I'm not going to actually, I thought it was a type of mesquite, but it turns out it's not. Um, so I'm not going to try to make more of those. <laughs> um, and then I'm down by the far north, well, not the far, I'm over kind of closer to my northeast edge, but I'm at the driveway for the B&B that I'm kind of erecting and working on. Um, and this was just a mess. It totally overflowed and it washed out and I was out here mucking around and it just looks like a big bunch of mess. So I'm going to really need to come down here with a bunch of um, wheelbarrows and really beef this up to the point where it's just got a strong enough berm to hold it in. And that combined with, um, you know, really just getting those upland, um, you know, earthworks together, that's going to really, I think, be what, what needs to happen. So speaking of that, I'm walking up from that and along the B&B road. And um, yeah, I'm seeing that the shrubs are really showing signs of greening. They're in the vicinity. It's just basically everything that's in the vicinity of any of the earthworks. Yeah. Wow. They don't even have to be directly behind it or something. They, they can even be upland of it. And it's and in some cases, it's even more so upland than it is down. But they're all starting to show improvement. Anywhere that there's been any any ability for the water to actually hang out for a while and go into the ground. And some of these poor shrubs, the erosion is like six inches down. You can see their roots are exposed, their trunk it's like they're just up from the desert floor because of all the, the loss of soil. It's just amazing. It's really sad, but I am catching it in time for a lot of these. So I just really, it's a matter of how soon can I get out there, get out here and <laughs> get the work done. But it's very satisfying and the results are fantastic. So I want to come out once I get that. We're going to do parking for the B&B. And so I will probably need to remove some shrubs, which I do not like, but it's um, kind of like required to get, you know, the income and stuff. Um, there are some cool cacti that I want to preserve. Um, oh, wow. There's, I'm looking at this. What is this? It's like a very low growing ground cover level patch of what looks like mesquite. It's like a little mesquite tree that's been hacked. It looks like it's been shorn down and so it's coming back kind of as a shrub, but it, it's so tiny it's a ground cover and it's green. <laughs> it's an interesting story. I wonder what happened. So yeah, wow. There's just a lot to do and it's um but knowing that it really matters and actually works is profound to me. So I'm very excited. All the work that I did to transplant all those shrubs when I built my driveway for the first B&B camper was a waste of time because they all are dead. <laughs> so I've heard that saltbush is hard to transplant and I would concur. So, and then there's a lot of, uh, stuff, um, by stuff, I mean shrubbery, um, mostly saltbush. There's a few trees to the far corner to the, um, the northeast and um, I want to do some stuff I need to do some stuff at the road there's not a lot of runoff though it's a little bit higher than where the gully area like just where I always was um, so it's actually not there's not a ton of runoff but I can see several there's like one two three 
five, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, a bunch of little outlets I can see. So just even berming that up, getting a road swale in would be good. And I can actually put some trees in and those will grow up over time and start to shelter even more of the B&Bs from the road and then green up those, those pretty tall salt brush. They're like probably, yeah, they're up to my, uh, they're probably up to my midsection, like right below my chest. So that's pretty nice size. Yeah, but anyway, those that's the the lower down on the priority list for me because I really have to, I, in my heart, I really want to get all of my shrubbery greened on the main part of the property that I'm living on. Um, but yeah, I, it, I know this probably comes off pretty nerdy for someone who's not necessarily into permaculture or plants or any of this stuff. But if you're listening, you most likely are into those things. But I'm just, I feel like a total dork right now, just like geeking out and like, I mean, you know, I'm like super happy to see things happening, but it's, it's just what I love. And it's like knowing that we can use permaculture to, to radically green a desert landscape is phenomenal. I mean, this is like survival of the species, you know, survival of biodiversity, not just ourselves, but you know, the creatures we share this planet with. I mean, having a toad in the desert, I know that they, there are toads that live in deserts, but having it where it's hanging out um, on my property is a really good thing. You know, I'm excited. I want that toad to hang out. (laughs) You know, that toad's bringing benefits that I don't even understand. And so this is like proof of concept that it's working. You know, this project is working. It's just a matter of how much time do I have and energy do I have to really come out here and get this stuff done so hallelujah (laughs) y'all I just walked over to the um, west again and I was looking at the road berms and there is a what looked like a totally dead um, not totally dead I, I thought it was kind of alive and didn't disturb it when I built the swale so it's kind of like up on the bank of the swale but it's sending out brand new shoots it's all green so yay one of the ones I transplanted looks, it's totally dead, but the one, the larger shrub that I kind of built my swale kind of around, totally green and happy. I'm really just looking for signs of any other mesquites that might have sprouted. I've been collecting um, mesquites. Uh, the beans, they've, they've come out now on the trees. So I've been collecting them and I plan on sticking them in the ground. I'm not going to really probably do a lot of stuff other than just stick them in the ground. Uh, because I've just got too much else to do. In the berm to the total corner of my property is a, I don't know what this is. It's like a bluish green broadleaf perennial of some kind coming up in the swale. So that's excellent. And then there's some kind of green grass, like a like a lawn grass kind of thing coming up in the swale. <laughs> Who knows what it is? So... I believe that's probably everything that I have to report. Um, just, you know, I think the main thing that's so satisfying is really that the swales and berms, just simple earthworks, rudimentary, done with a shovel, that they actually are producing results. And even with the little amount of rain um, that we get out here, the the only other thing I think I want to really discuss is... Um, really just revisiting the trees. Uh, you know, I made the mistake of ignoring Jeff Lawton's, uh, you know, advice because I actually hadn't bothered to go and, um, you know, think about it 
and procedurally and do it in the right order. Um, and I went ahead and just was so eager and so excited <laughs> that I put, you know, fruit, fruit and nut trees in before I had shade. Now, the ones that I've burlapped are surviving, but it's kind of a hassle. It's ugly, and I don't know, you know, I, I don't really have a plan yet. I'm sure that as I do everything, it'll evolve as I go. Um, but I'm not sure how to, like, what to do next. I did order some really nice tall, like, well, they're five feet, as long as I could get on Amazon stakes, that I could try to do some, um, sh like, shelters for the orchard trees without having to have the trees themselves wrapped. So I could maybe get the shelter up over the tree a little bit. Five feet really isn't big enough, though. Um, it would still have to touch the tree. But... I don't really want to weld this crazy shade structure over the orchard necessarily. So what really needs to happen is keeping those trees alive if possible and starting from the beginning where I really should have started originally, which was to get some shade trees in to nourish, nourish the orchard trees, the productive, you know, food trees. So that is kind of in a holding pattern. The I've got about six or seven tree, you know, edible trees alive in the orchard um, with some burlap and then one nitrogen fixing tree in there. Um, so I think that because the nursery stock is kind of, it's emptied out, there's not a whole lot I can do. I can order trees, but it's just not looking good. The, um, I will talk about the greenhouse. I can go in there because that's kind of the production, but, um, I have two Chinese pistache. Those I got, those are the last two trees at the nursery where I drove an hour to get up there. Um, I don't know if they're going to make it, but they look good. And then, so I'm in the greenhouse. You can probably tell the different acoustics. All my little fruit trees are doing pretty well. All my little trees, I've got, uh, pi you know, pineapple guava, Meyer lemon. Um, I've got an edible olive. I've got a persimmon that got totally attacked by the leaf cutter bee. I've got the second apricot, Moor Park. It's not looking too great. I think it might be getting too much water. So I'm going to help it recover from that, hopefully. Um, and then I have a wattle mimosa that I started from seed that's doing fine. It's very little, but it's doing great. And that's one of the nitrogen fixers. Um, the I got a replacement for the lap and cherry, but it does, they just they top it and it looks dead. It looks like this is dead, too. By the time it reaches you, it's dead. Yeah, this is a replacement. So I'm going to actually have to ask them for my money back because this is the second time they've sent uh, this tree and it's just arrived dead. So Online Orchards does not know how to uh, sell, send trees in the mail, apparently. It would seem. No offense to them, but um, I'm probably not going to use them again. Um so that's really sad. I just got it like two day, like the day before yesterday. Um, one thing I noticed so awesome is that the blackberry that I'd brought from Altadena, it rooted in through the pot. And when I pulled the pot up, those roots broke, but then they sprouted. And now I've got a blackberry plant growing in my greenhouse in the ground. So that's fantastic. And I'm thinking about following that model and actually putting my two somewhat struggling tree collards in the ground in the greenhouse because being in pots, they just dry out a lot. I did put straw in them finally, but I think they just really need to be in the ground and I don't really know. I haven't done the work yet to figure out whether they can handle being outside and being frozen. I doubt they can. So anyway, that's the plan. 
my um, three eucalyptus that I purchased online as live plants are doing fine. Um, I've sort of nursed them back to health and they're all really doing well. Um, the fig tree in the greenhouse is doing well. It looks good. It's leafed out and it's growing. And I probably should plant those eucalyptus. Maybe I don't want to put something that big in the orchard because I think it'll be too shaded. But, you know, maybe I should anyway. And then I've got all my eucalyptus pots that uh, I started from seed. And the ones that I transplanted into gallon pots are, they're probably like 8 to 10 inches tall at this point. So they're doing great. I've got a desert willow I started from seed. And it's got it's in a gallon pot and it's looking really good. It's about 6, 7, 8 inches long. And my bacon avocado is thriving. My Haas avocado, which of course I'm going to keep in the greenhouse because it won't grow out here outside. If I just watch the water level and not overwater it, it's doing really well. The sea kale is doing great. It's, it's in a permanent transplanted pot for the greenhouse. Um, I did get some kiwi. Um, it looks like... It's funny because I bought three pomegranates, but one of them is dead, so it looks like it was damaged in shipping or something. I was going to plant them along the south side of my shelter at the corners and in the center. So I've told the people I bought it from, um, you know, that it's dead. I've sent them a picture and stuff. So hopefully they'll replace that. Uh, they are replacing a few things that arrived and died. Uh, thimbleberry and I think, oh, I can't remember now what it was because there was no label. Um, but it does look like part of a Samara for some kind of tree species came with it. That's interesting. Maybe I should try to grow that and just see what happens. Hey, why not? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's sad to see plants die. I really hate it. So it looks like the eucalyptus are going to be a good bet for me to put in the ground soon and use as shade. And so I have to figure out where I want to put those. I should get that on my list. Yeah, man. <laughs> so it's interesting because the um, I did get a wisteria. Uh, supposedly they grow out here, obviously with some shade. So it was looking like it just got all weird looking. It, I don't know how to describe it. It's like it turned brown, but I moved it out of uh, the location it was in the greenhouse into a different location. And now it's actually putting out new leaves and shoots. So I think it was just getting too much sun or something. So I'm not going to talk about all the little plants, really. I think I'm mostly interested in the trees because those are going to be the foundational kind of anchors for the property the willows just suck there's one that survived this batch every time i buy a batch it's just they mostly just die except for one so i don't think those are going to be a good bet the hybrid fast growing willow species just it just isn't i don't i don't know why i don't know what's wrong with them and then i've got this pot that i brought with me from altadena that has two trees in it it's got looks like an ash i don't know this tree actually um and it's it's some kind of maple probably actually Actually, this is probably a liquid ambar styrosiflua. And then there's a, some kind of shrub growing in there. <laughs> so I've just kind of been watering it. And, uh, you know, it's alive. So, But, yeah, I have a lot of planting to do, it looks like. That might be one of my things I need to do next. Um, and then, oh, the only other things I'll talk about are the, so the edible vines I've got going. The watermelon is insane. It's so excited and beautiful. And it's probably almost as tall as me at this point. Um, it's flowering. It probably needs more fertilizer because I've never really been, I've never grown like uh, watermelon really. 
uh, before knowing what, you know, reading about it and doing it correctly. I know it's funny, but I just haven't. So I probably need to fertilize that more regularly because I believe you need to fertilize watermelon every week, which seems crazy to me, but so I should probably fertilize that, but it's huge. It's just awesome. It's thriving. This is that bed that I was talking about earlier. That's got a lot of diversity in it. Oh, and there's that leaf cutter bee, you little bugger. Um, it's got two squash, it's got two flowering vines, and it's got a watermelon that's going crazy. It's got the, the squash are going crazy. It's got a blackberry um, that I brought with me. Two pepper plants that I bought, and one of them is probably getting too much shade from the squash, but I don't really want to try to transplant it. And then the other one, I just let it peek out from the shade cloth, and it's liking all that sun. And then it's got some, like, probably oats or straw or something from the bay hay bales or from the cover crops I sprinkled. The strawberries that I have in pots, it's in, I think partial shade is better for them out here. The one that's closest to the sunny area, it, most of those died. The one that's a little more further in and protected, those are surviving. So I think that might also have been why. Uh, although the basket with the cranberry and the blackberries that I think withered away because of the soil and maybe being overwatered. Um, I don't, cause it's not getting too much sun. So I think I'm going to water my pines today because I haven't watered them in like two weeks just to kind of give them a break. Cause I had read that they can, if they're turning yellow, they can be overwatered. And I am noticing a little bit of yellow in the one to the South. It's making me really sad. I really hope it's okay. Um, so anyway, I'm going to get to it. That's probably all they have to report. Um, but it's coming along. There's successes and failures. And I think the main success is that, um, earthworks, simple, simple earthworks, berms and swales really do work even in a desert where you only get like 10 inches of rain a year. And we've only had six so far and it's already greening up the existing flora and um, letting certain, letting seeds sprout, tree seeds and stuff. So um, super exciting. And um, yeah, I'm just going to keep plugging away. <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. And um, please uh, subscribe to my blog and watch my YouTube channel and uh, hang in there and tell your friends about this podcast. If you have friends that are interested in buying land and going and trying to live off grid, and do it yourself, especially as a single person without help, um, other than those people you hire, um, then uh, send them my way. I'd love to gain more listeners. Thanks so much.